The NBA draft and the NBA awards are behind us. Free agency is ahead of us. And there's a lot going on. That's what we're going to talk about today on the reserves. Welcome to the very first episode of the Reserves Podcast. From here on out, we will be your hosts, Carson and Logan, and we have a lot to cover on our agenda today. But first and foremost, we need to talk about the NBA draft. Right. The NBA draft recently ended, and there's been a lot of speculation on, you know, who has the, the best picks, who who set their team up for the future in the best way, uh, but there's other things that surround the draft that... Maybe we just weren't okay with. Chauncey Billups is delusional. Absolutely. So, getting right into it, what are these draft comparisons? <laughs> I, I don't know. So, Chauncey Billups decides to make these 18 to 20-year-old kids sound like first ballot Hall of Famers. If you were just looking at this draft, from, you know, this was pretty top-heavy draft, yeah. the first three picks. Yeah. And after that, it's kind of like... Bunch of role players, things like that. Yeah. But from what Chauncey Billups was saying? Not according to Chauncey Billups. Apparently there's 58 Hall of Famers <laughs> in this draft. Yeah. So uh, he he makes these comparisons under with no basis at all. And just comparing uh, R.J. Barrett to... The Bulls version of Jalen Rose. Or James Harden himself. The obvious comparison. Yeah. Lefty on lefty. Because they're both lefties. That's right. Or, my favorite one, uh, Rui Hachimara. To Kawhi Leonard. To Kawhi Leonard, the reigning finals MVP. But let me preface. He did preface it. He did say the young Kawhi Leonard. Oh, okay. Whatever. So the, uh, so Whatever the, that means. The finals MVP. The finals MVP. Still young. <laughs> so, barely getting to his prom. So Rui Kawhi Hachimara uh, apparently is the steal of the draft when you get the, you know, the second coming of the dynasty killer, Kawhi Leonard. And he's right? going to Washington. And he's going to Washington. But really, the slap in the face came in the draft when Chauncey said, Kobe Watt is Gilbert Arenas. <laughs> I mean, Chauncey, come on. You can't say that to Kobe. No. That's just wrong. Yeah. He's, he's going to bring uh, he's gonna bring guns to the locker room <sighs> next, won't he? Nah, let's not even talk about his hair, though. That's just another yeah, thing. Yeah, that's another episode. So, something I, I kind of have a problem with. These, the ESPN reporters, I know it's not their fault, and it's their, they're doing their job, but, you know, they've got to stop forcing kids to talk about their dead relatives, dead parents, when it's the biggest night of their life. You know, this is something they've worked super hard for, and they get to the point where they're finally on stage in front of cameras and, you know, and thousands of people, millions watching at home, and, and the last thing they want to talk about is the effect, you know, the death uh, of their grandmother or cousin or, or brother or parents have to do with this happy moment of their life. And not to, not to say that that isn't important, but I think a quick fix to that would be to allow the kids to say it. If it means something to them, if it means enough to them to say it in front of the cameras, I think ESPN should just let the kids speak for themselves instead of trying to, create the stories or create the you know the tears the emotional moments you can put on instagram let the kids say what they want to say right they're they're kids that obviously you know, 
they come from big time programs, but then they've had cameras in their face before. But like that's a it's a vulnerable moment. What I say to that is, there's just a lot going on. Yeah, there's just a ton of emotions going on. Yeah, and that's just you know one thought I had just watching the draft last Thursday was really why is this all in one night? Why are we jamming this into a one night draft? What do you mean? You want to split it up like the NFL? You know, I think it's possible. There's only two rounds, though. I know there's two rounds, there's only but like sixty picks. So, but so. if we're going to interview each lottery pick in between mm. and watch them and talk about their whole journey, then all of a sudden it feels like we're almost missing Adam Silver talking on the stage. Yeah. Of course, we have to take the cut to Chauncey Billups's picks oh, and comps as well. We don't have to, but they maybe want we to. shouldn't. <laughs> but I think you know, what if we did the lottery on one night? The lottery, the top ten. It's not. I think it's the top, top twelve. 15, top twelve. I think it's the top twelve. Thirteen, maybe. So cut. So the top thirteen picks in one night. And so then that kind of cuts down in the green room. It does, and that's why you don't have the bull bull, bull, bull situation. situation. Yep. So where he's just who I out. who I will go on record and say is the steal of the draft. If he people, doesn't get hurt. Well, yeah, people say that, but man, I mean, Greg Oden didn't get hurt a single time in college. That's true. And then he goes into the NBA, and he just falls apart, apparently. I I mean, I think Bol Bol has the potential, and now he has the team with him and Michael Porter Jr. and that already dangerous Nuggets team to do some serious damage. Dangerous, injury-prone. Hey, baller. That's all that matters. They, They... Knew the risk they were taking. They have all, they already have a team established. They have their next superstar waiting in Michael Porter Jr. They took a risk, really a minimal risk on a second round pick for oh, one, no, no, for one of the most interesting players I've ever seen. That's very true. I don't blame them at all for taking Bowl no, with that pick. No. It's the 44th pick. I think it's draft. a steal. It's stagecoach robbery. They're, they are, they were licking their fingers. And we're talking about a 7 2 big man. That can extend and shoot threes. Yeah. At least a little bit. If you can shoot even, you know, 30% from three at that size, you're going to be, like, you're dangerous. You pose you pose a serious threat to NBA defenses. It'll be very interesting, too. So I was trying to think about what if they did a uh, a Joker bull bull front yeah. court. I don't see many front courts being able to just be able to keep up with that. It's just going to be interesting. So, well, that's if, something to definitely watch out for. If Bol Bol can move around the floor and let Jokic facilitate the way he does, he is the best passing center in the league. I, I think there's no doubt. Yeah, no no argument here. No doubt. If we can let him facilitate and kind of own, you know, one side of the one side of the court, I think they're they're a one seed. They're a potential one seed in the West. Oh, I think so. I mean, the West is wide open. I know we're going to get in that, into that later, but yeah. I mean, they're just a dangerous team. Well, it all depends on free agency, which is what we're going to get into right. uh, later on. Um, Let's the, talk the NBA awards. They, they were recent. My, my boy Giannis is the new King of the NBA. I know you don't really necessarily like hearing that, but I wore my, uh, my Giannis Jersey in celebration yesterday. And, um, I got a lot, a lot of ugly looks and a lot of ugly comments for for just wearing a jersey. You know, I never knew wearing a jersey could make people so mad. But I mean, hey, he's the king. He's the next. He's next up, 
and I am I I'm here for it. I couldn't be happier. I mean, it's it's honestly one of the most unbelievable things that you know he was drafted six years ago, six nine, skinny kid from Greece. Looks like a completely different dude. Absolutely, and you know now he's seven foot, and really the only thing his game lacks right now is the three point shot. Yeah, and he's Which, working and on he's it. He's been and he, and he shot. He took his shots, and he he made people be honest. He played the game the right way, and he just asserted himself and was dominant all year all year long. It, people want to bring up, you know, James Harden and his his scoring and everything that he does and how effective he is and efficient he is at getting the ball to the basket, uh, getting in the paint, drawing fouls, all that. I think he's a hack. I don't. I don't respect James Harden. I don't think I ever will. I can't stand to watch the Rockets play basketball because of the way I think they play and the way a soccer team plays, where they try to <laughs> manipulate the rest. And they and they know the rules. They're very smart. They know the rules, and they know how to sort of bend them or manipulate them to get what they want, which is 20, 30-plus free throws a game. And they're professionals. So, they're, of course, they're going to knock those down. And James Harden is such a superstar, he gets those calls. Well, but, he I mean, he's just, he's still, you cannot argue that he's a phenomenal player. Just phenomenal talent. I mean, yeah, but valuable? Well, he was the most valuable player to the Rockets. Well, to the Rockets. Obviously. Yeah, I mean, you could put, but you, you got to put anybody in that kind of system where you just let them, you run four to score and put everybody on the baseline. Anybody? Let, I don't know about that. You could put LeBron there. And he but LeBron's would, not anybody. You could put Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, so are you just Curry. naming the best players in the NBA now? Yeah. You put Steph Curry? No, Steph Curry is what you, if you saw in the finals, did not, th- he th- thrived for one game and he was done. The phenomenal thing, now I'm not a biggest James Harden supporter. I think Kawhi, not Kawhi, I think Giannis deserved the MVP award. 100%. Hands down. But what James Harden did for that stretch of games in the middle of the season, when Chris like Paul was out, straight 30 point game. and was averaging. Over 40 points a game. That was just incredible. It was frustrating to watch. Yeah. I watched several of those games. I would get angry at the refs. I was angry at him. He was traveling. He was flopping. He travels. But he... I mean, every time. Just watching him score. And his relentless thing. He would make things that I just thought were impossible. So, my hat's off to James Harden for, well, for carrying no. the Rockets. No. I don't second that. And I'll tell you why. Have you seen... What the what the Rockets tweeted, uh, I think it was yesterday. I have not. So they tweeted out. Let me pull this up. They tweeted out their. Well, let me. They tweeted out a list. Said they, quote, respectfully disagree. With the NBA awards that awarded Giannis Antetokounmpo with the MVP award, what they did was list James Harden's accomplishments on Twitter. Just the first, the first uh, little block here says, "Congrats to the new MVP," but we respectfully disagree. James Harden finished top two in MVP voting four out of the last five seasons. First player in NBA history to average at least 35 points a game 
and 7 assists per game in a single season. Scored 40-plus points 28 times this season, 50-plus 9 times, and 60-plus twice. Oh. They kept going. They added two more tweets at the end of that just talking about his stats. Talking about how dominant of a scorer he was. Which is true. When you take so many shots a game. And you're a good shooter. But let's look at his percentages. What were his percentages? That's a great. I think that's what we need to look at if we're going to make that argument. Look that up. Because he was pretty efficient in what he shot. I know. I just don't. I don't. I can't respect the game that he plays. I mean, all I see him do is complain. You know, he shot so. This past year, he shot 44% from the field. He shot 36%, 36.8% from three. But let's look around. Which is... 36? He shot a lot. It's close to his... But here's the thing. He shot more this year. He shot 13 threes a game. That's a lot of threes. That's a lot of threes. He shot 10 field goals a game. Almost 11 field goals a game. So averaging, that's 23-24. That's a lot more. He's shooting a lot more than that, obviously. So, I, I don't know, man. I, Giannis definitely deserves it. I think the Rockets were kind of dirty with that, with that tweet. Actually, I think Milwaukee responded to it and just said, why not just say congratulations? <laughs> You know, yeah. Well, I mean, it's obvious, so if you looked at the voting totals, I think Giannis had 78 votes. Mm-hmm. Should have had 100. And then, or maybe maybe I have the number wrong, but he had over 70 votes. And then James Harden had 23 votes or something like that. I think Paul George got a couple votes somehow. Good for Paul George. Man. Yeah, he, top three. Good for Paul George. Good for Paul George. That's What a great story. Right, I'm so happy for him. Uh, another first-round exit like coming next year. Um, I think we're both in agreement when it comes to the rookie of the year. Oh, Luka Doncic absolutely. absolutely deserved that award. Uh, Luka, it will be, in my opinion, MVP in, over the at some point in his career. Okay, I'm not going to put a timetable on. Okay, it, but I think he's kind of he can. I agree with you. Yeah. I say year three he makes that big jump to where three. He's a great player right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, any team would want Luka. He kind of carries that team right now. And it's also going to be interesting to see what they add to him at free agency. But we're going to get to that later. Well, yeah, we kind of know. But We have a good idea. We have a good idea. But with with Luka, I think, could it be year six for him, like Giannis? He's holding up that MVP trophy, thanking his mama? Luka was much better at a younger age than Giannis was. But he has – the sky's the limit for Luka. Yeah. He can do it all. Same with Giannis. I mean, he can only go up from here. You know, I saw, you see where he uh, he fulfilled Kobe's uh, challenge for him. Oh yeah, I saw it. He re- issued another one. Let the record show. Huge Kobe fan here. Yeah, we have uh, probably the biggest Lakers fan I've ever met in my life in the studio today, uh, and every week. But <laughs> so Kobe issued a new challenge. Did you see it? I did not see the new challenge. He. Uh, He's like MVP, 
my man, next up, championship. And as a new Bucks fan, as a seasoned Giannis Antetokounmpo fan, I'm not super optimistic. Really? I'm not. I'm not. Why, why is that? Free agency stuff. You know, just you know, the guys we're losing, pretty pretty key to all right. that. It'll just be interesting to see who they lose. Lopez and the whole thing with Lopez and Brogdon and Middleton, all, all that stuff. Lopez is gone. I know. Absolutely. But I'm not super optimistic. But, you know, that, it's part of the game. you gotta you got to replace. you got to find the guys that fit in. So, um, what about uh, my defensive player of the year? Rudy Gobert. I thought Rudy. Twice. Yeah, two in a row now. I mean. Is that, is that a consolation for not making the All-Star game? I think so. Does he get a pass for crying about the All-Star game whenever he didn't make it? <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know if the Defensive Player of the Year award is a consolation for that. Is he really one of the best centers in the league, though? That's no, the real question. Absolutely not. I mean, he's one of the he's he's the best defender in the league. I would say. <sighs> I, my pick for that was Paul George before. Really, I wanted Paul George to win that one. Okay, but um, obviously, I have no problem with Gobert winning. He's no, I mean, he's he's an unbelievable. He's a defensive freak. I mean. Utah is very lucky to have him. Oh, absolutely. Without him, they would be a shell of themselves. I mean, Utah will be – they're going to be a very dangerous team next year. Super interesting. That's one of my sleeper teams for this next season. I think we're going to see them be a top-four seed in the West. Really? I really do. I think that backcourt of, of Conley and um, – Spider. And Spider. It's going to be great. It's going to be very interesting to see I'm because – so excited for that. What's going to be – the most interesting for me on that is is Conley gonna be able to give up the ball more? You know, the past couple of years Conley's had the ball in his hands a lot. Yeah, he's had to carry that dumpster fire of a Memphis team. Oh, exactly. But Mitchell Mitchell needs the ball, but I think they're gonna be able to play off each other. I hope so. I think it's gonna be very very intriguing to to look at, and you know, they really got a big hole in the, at the four spot since Crowder is now in Memphis. Yep. Um, but if they can, you know. They don't have a ton of room in free agency to do a lot. But if they can go and do something where they get a quality four, I think they'll be a very good team. Yeah, I agree. The- something I kind of wanted to mention. Um, what in the world is going on with the Suns? Yeah, the, the Phoenix Suns, They while they had the sixth pick in the draft, they traded back to the 11th pick. Yeah. And I'm not saying that itself was, was the bad trade. No. But then they go and draft... The guard out of North Carolina, Cam Johnson. Who ends up being... He's 23 years old. Yeah. He's not a great defender. And I guess he's long, but... And he can shoot, but he, he can't really do anything else. Maybe that's why Kobe White was so impressed, or so shocked in his uh, in his interview. I, I just think, if you saw all the mock drafts where they had Johnson falling, he was going in the mid-20s. Mm-hmm. Some people had him ranked 30 or 35th. And so they they traded back. I really think they could have traded to pick twenty. He's the Daniel Jones of the NBA. Daniel Jones of the NBA. There's a hot take. Yeah, he's the Daniel Jones in terms of draft um, reaction. Another ACC boy. Yeah, hey, that's running the (laughs) the blue blood of the ACC. What about Boston? 
What do you think about Boston? Boston? So when I was kind of hating on Boston. So when I was watching the draft, there's I was thinking, what there? What is going on with Boston? They're not taking people I thought they should take, and I just was thinking, why? Why are they making all these trades? Why do they keep moving back and all these things? But if it turns out, if you go look at their salary cap situation now, yeah, they have secretly and pretty quietly opened up a slot for a max. I wouldn't say secretly. Al Horford definitely. I mean, well, that saved it. That cleared it up, right? Well, I mean, they're Horford, so they, Kyrie's gone. They knew at that point that they're losing Kyrie and or Horford but by making some of those trades, and the way the salary cap works, they're going to be have a max slot there. So the really question is, who fits there? Or what do they do? Do they have? They go, do they go after a Brogdon, who's been linked to them as well? Probably, or, I could see that happening. Or do they go and break the bank? And go to, for Kimball Walker, which I would argue probably wouldn't probably a much better locker room guy than Kyrie. Oh, absolutely, probably a much better leader than Kyrie because Kimball Walker is kind of leading a, a, a team of bad news bears right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't count out these draft picks so early. They have, I, I I'm a huge Carson Edwards fan. Yeah, but he's not. I mean, I know he's not gonna. He he may not be a, ever be the guy. He may be, he, he may be a backup point guard. I think he's where they short, took Edwards. I get it. I think where they took Edwards was a good pick. He, um, I mean, that little stretch he had in the in the tournament, leading Purdue to the Elite Eight. Oh, he can score the basketball. Unbelievable. He averaged twenty four point six points he, per game. He was a walking bucket. Absolutely. And I I had a I loved watching him. I I. Didn't watch a lot of the NCAA tournament. I'm not a huge college basketball fan. But I was keeping tabs on Purdue for a little bit because of this kid. And, you know, to pair him with a, you know, with a really good rim protector and an athletic big man uh, like Grant Williams. And he's, I think, I think they're a force to be reckoned with. I think Grant Williams is going to play the most out of those four. Mm. I don't know. I'm not too sold on Romeo Langford. There's a lot of you know word coming out that he was kind of he could have been a potential locker room issue. I, I really um, think he could be a quality player, though. He, he really fell in the draft. He struggles more than what he was projected at the beginning. He struggles of the year. to shoot, anyways. And he may have hurt his thumb. He may not have. Nobody knows. He and I, mean, I just he's gonna have to learn how to defend. Because if not, he's not he's not a huge volume scorer. At least he's not built for that for the NBA. He's not going to carry the Celtics. He's going to have to learn how to be a good two way player. And I see it. You know, I don't see a super high ceiling for him. At least not as high as I do for Grant Williams, who's a, who's a big, sturdy, inside threat who who knows how to. Get to the free throw line. Like he and that's that's huge. It's true. I mean, Grant Williams is—he's already pretty much got the NBA body. Yeah, he's massive. I think. I think there was. I don't think they had a bad selection of players. Like, no, don't I'm get a me huge wrong. Fan of what way. they did. I just think with the different trades and things, especially at the time, they got a lot of criticism to where yeah. it was really what is Danny Ainge doing? And now we, after kind of the dust has settled. We see there's got to be something going on in Boston. Yeah, people are starting to realize, like, he might, he might have had an idea here 
that you know nobody else really thought about because it was the way things were lining up it was looking like it could be the worst of summers for the Celtics yeah losing their two now I, I know people are saying Kyrie. Kyrie we need to get Kyrie out of Boston yeah but I mean on paper and even just by looking Kyrie was still their best player I mean hands down let's not forget about Tremont Waters SEC Defensive Player of the Year. Like, he, I mean, he, he's not someone to overlook in all of this. You know, I know he's pictured last. He's, he's not the most <laughs> famous guy. He, I mean, he's not, he's not a flashy name, but he, you don't win Defensive Player of the Year for nothing. Yeah. I mean, he, and, he's a very high IQ basketball guy. Yeah. And I think he'll probably have a, a good long career as a, Three and D kind of player. Yeah, and someone that I, when I think of him, I almost think of this may be a bad comparison, but a George Hill mentality. Mm-hmm. Someone that has a long, you know, not the same build, but just a long NBA career can go from multiple teams just because he knows how to play the They're game. They're reliable. Yeah, he knows how to play the right, game They're the right dependable. way. They, they come off the bench; they can start for you if they need to. Uh, I think him and uh, you know, obviously Grant Williams might be two of the best picks they made. Yeah, because I'm, I'm not I'm not entirely sold on Romeo Langford. You know, I watched him play. He wasn't. I didn't really see anything spectacular. I just saw a solid player on a above average team. I think he got a ended up maybe a little bit of a bad straight. bad rep for maybe. being on Indiana. It was, it was a bit down year for Indiana. You losing twelve straight. It's kind of hard to find silver lining in that. I guess I mean if you get drafted first round, that would be one. That's uh, true. Well, we got more to talk about. We're going to dive into the summer of the K's, talk about a little free agency, uh, talk about what in the world's going on in Houston. What are they thinking? We'll be back right after a break. And we're back talking free agency on the Reserves Podcast. It's the year of the K's. This may be one of the most loaded free agent classes in a long time. I mean, with the likes of... Katie, Kyrie, Kawhi, Clay, Kimba, Chris, and then after there's no more K's, Malcolm Brogdon, Tobias Harris, Jimmy Butler, D'Angelo Russell. There are so many free agents available this summer. High profile, man. High profile. I'm super excited. This is like a pre-free agency outlook. We're going to talk about free agency. We're going to talk about salary cap. We're going to get all into it. We're going to give our picks. So for next week, we can see how dumb we are or how smart we are. <laughs> and let's just jump right in, man. What do you got for me? So who do you think will be the first domino to fall off oh, the board? I don't know. I think I think it might be Kevin Durant. I think I would agree. I think once Kevin Durant signs with somebody, regardless of who it is, he go to Gold State again. Exactly. And and sign a multi-year deal. I think once Kevin Durant decides, then you'll start to see the rest of the field kind of shake out. And you know, I hope I'm wrong. I, I hope I hope we see Clay Thompson go somewhere first. I, I'm that's probably the guy I'm most anticipating. So here here's the interesting thing with Clay is the Warriors can offer him the five year max right now. He said not, he won't take anything but the exactly. five-year 190. But so because he's already been on that team and they hold his bird rights and, and all of that, we can get into that. But 
they could go ahead and negotiate this deal, and he could sign it now. Or, you know, he could technically agree to it and sign this extension. Sign it. But, yeah. you know, we may not hear anything until Sunday. And so I'm not I'm not sitting here saying, you know, they're not going to offer him the max. I think they'd be crazy not to offer him yeah. the max. But if they don't, why would he not take a meeting with the Clippers? Why would he not take a meeting with the Lakers? I think if he doesn't go to um, Golden State, I think the Clippers are the destination. I think that becomes the next super team. Because once Clay, once someone like that goes there to an already young and very solid team. And let's not forget, they have two max spots. And they were still giving the Warriors fits. So who the question becomes, if Clay or anybody goes to the Clippers, who goes to the other who's the other spot? Is it Kawhi? I think it's Kawhi Leonard. And that team, you can say goodbye to LeBron and Anthony Davis. I don't, uh, I don't think they can hang with the the Clippers are going to have a better bench. They're going to have a better supporting cast around Clay. Well, that, that's a lot Kawhi. to say because they, again, remember Clay will not be back until after the All Star break, right? With so, the ACL injury that he tore in the playoffs. Just adding Kawhi to that Clippers team. Instantly makes them a yeah, contender. It's really hard to do a fair comparison between the Clippers and Lakers currently because the Lakers, four, the Lakers so. literally have five players on the roster. Wow. And just a few minutes ago, we learned that they offered to restricted free agents. Uh, they offered the qualifying offer to make Alex Crusoe and Jonathan Williams restricted free agents mm. so that they would hold their rights. Um, so really, the Lakers roster is really depleted right now. There's going to be a lot of moves they can make. And we can talk about that. But, yeah, I, I agree. I think Kevin Durant will be that first domino to fall. Um, the fact that he could go back to Golden State and sign that five-year offer, or he can go somewhere else for four years. But also, something Adrian Wojnarowski has been talking about a lot on ESPN lately has been, could he sign that five-year deal in Golden State, take the Supermax, and then have a signing trade to either Brooklyn or, or New York or, you know, Anywhere else he'd like to go. Maybe even the Clippers? I I don't know. I, I I don't see Kevin Durant playing anywhere else. I honestly thought it was a bad idea for him to decline his option. Really? He had he he kind of had it made. You know, the Warriors aren't you know, the the Golden State fan base they understand, and they, they really do love KD, obviously. So, you know, I heard Stephen A. Smith say this, you know, take take the $30 million you're going to make for your option, sit until the playoffs, push for another ring, and then go sign somewhere else. But we, we don't know if he's going to be ready by the playoffs. But the thing is, he would be without the pressure of playing immediately that he would be if he were to sign a multi-year deal with another team. See, I, I think he's going to be out the whole year. I don't think we'll see Kevin Durant suit up next year at all. Which is, which is, uh, you know, even further. Well, but then we're in that same exact position again. So it really doesn't do him any good. Because he would just be, it would be, he would be without all the pressure of having to come back as fast as possible. If he were, if he were just to take the thirty million from Golden State, sit out a year, or come back and play with Steph and Draymond, and try to push for another title. But but also, to $30 million, he can make $38 million on the new deal. 
the way the salary cap's increased. Yeah, I mean, the money's obviously better if you were to go somewhere else. But the Well, even if he signs a new deal with Golden State. Yeah, exactly. So uh, Greater than his option right. would, would provide him. But I, I'm, I'm looking at terms of, like, you know, fans and, you know, organization. Well, the, here's the question, though. Does, to play. does Kevin Durant trust the Warriors now? I don't know. Does he trust their doctors, their medical staff, the front office even? Well, yeah, because they pushed him. Well, I mean, do we know that that was his decision? I don't know. There's I mean, ultimately they can. Well, did you see uh, Andre Iguodala's interview yesterday? No, I did not. They were talking about him in the 2018 finals, or excuse me, Western Conference finals, mm-hmm. where he fractured his leg, and then it was pushed to the media that it was a bone bruise. But why? Because and so it was pushed to the media as a bone bruise, and for some reason. You know, everybody kept hounding him. When's he coming back? When's he coming back? He played in the finals with a fractured leg. But it almost made him look like a weak player because they said bone bruise. And it's the organization's fault. So was that a misdiagnosis by the organization? Or just some, Or was that, you know, so that's that's some dicey things. Oh, there's so much to unpack right there. And so, you know, it's interesting to me that, you know, Jay Williams is a co-host on um, – Kevin Durant's ESPN piece, The Roundtable. Mm-hmm. And he's really pushed back on this idea that Kevin Durant likes the front office there in Golden State. And I think it's – I think – I don't expect him to go back to Golden State. But but we'll see. I, I definitely could be wrong. At the very least, you know, that, that whole idea of, you know, not releasing the full – diagnosis or i guess a watered down version of a diagnosis i could see why they would want to do something like that as as far as like scouting goes and preparation before a game that just you know in a way that kind of starts a slippery slope oh absolutely how that can't just be the warriors doing that stuff that's how often how often do we as fans and do the media outlets attack players for not playing to their potential well, we don't know if they could be playing with some kind of injury that we have no idea about. They have a, a bone bruise in their right. in their wrist where it could be a stress fracture. It could be a hairline fracture. And we don't know. And you know, they go out and they shoot three for twenty and we're like, Well he you know, he's terrible. He he he's he didn't perform today. It's his fault that, you know, they lost this game when in reality that dude's he's putting his body through the ringer to get to even be on the court. So that that's interesting, man. I I uh obviously I feel for Andre Iguodala, he's one of my favorite players, but you know, that's that's crazy. Oh, and, absolutely. And you never really you never really know how much that can affect other things. That once I mean, Kevin Durant's known that probably. I assume that team to be pretty close. With yeah, the exception sure. of Draymond Green. Everybody probably hates Draymond Green. <laughs> I don't know about that. I think he even hates himself a little bit. Okay. He's got to. Um, but I bet they knew that going into it, that they knew the whole story that the medical team was painting and how the media has been taking it. So, I, you know, that is an interesting That's an interesting way to look at it. Oh, absolutely. But let's talk about another player that's definitely dealt with some injury scrutiny in the past from players, but... Now he's a two-time Finals MVP. Yeah, man, Kawhi Leonard. Where is he, he going? Such a one hundred and eighty. 
by the way. Oh, absolutely. Just in terms of his image and, uh, you know, people dogging him for sitting out at San Antonio, all that. Now he's, he's kind of the most powerful man in the NBA. Uh, I think so. I think, I think it's Kawhi's world and we're all just living in it. Exactly. At least the NBA is living in it. Yeah. It's, we're all just kind of waiting to see what he's going to do next because he's such, he, he goes, he goes against the grain of what a superstar looks like. You know, so basically, it looks like the two teams. There are three teams in the race. You know, everyone's pushing well, that there's two teams. There's a, I'll say two with an asterisk. Yeah, put put that there so for sure. They 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 refuse to say the Lakers, but I'm saying the Lakers. But they say Southern California, and they say. And guess what? He grew up a Lakers fan. Of course, he loves that purple and gold. Of course, he did. I just think you know why would he not? Well, we. We just read a report, a tweet not too long ago that yeah. it sounds like Kawhi will have a meeting with the Lakers in free yeah, agency. I think getting one. And so it looks like he's meeting with the Clippers on July 2nd, and I'm not sure on the date on the Lakers. I'm not sure that's been out yet. I don't think so. But, so. At least not when this is being recorded. Right. So, I mean, can you imagine a, a, a lineup? Who cares who else is on that team? <laughs> of Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard. And LeBron James. Only we kind of learned that you you need other guys. The Warriors have proved that. You need other guys, but when you have three of the top five players in the NBA on one team. The Warriors had that. I don't know. They I don't know about top five. They're not top five. They no. had you know, four of like maybe the top 15, 20. Not by all NBA standards. Well, no, but <laughs> you, know, people, you can make your arguments for – for guys like Clay and people call him the best two-way shooting guard in the league. Oh, that's very true. I, I understand your argument, but also if you have three top five players in the NBA, which is even a ridiculous thing to say. They all can't play it, 48 it, minutes. It's like a 2K franchise, really, when you're saying How that. How many but games is LeBron going to take out for load management during the season? Or, or Kawhi, even. Or Kawhi. Or Anthony Davis. Yeah, they so, all, they're all but, fans of the load management. But... All three of them on the same team. If one is out, you know, they would not all three be out in the same game if they're unless they're hurt. Right. But we've seen Kawhi go be the guy. He had some quality players in Toronto, mm-hmm. but he was the guy. Why would he want to come to LA and think, "Wow, how many can I get?" I don't. I don't. I don't think that's his mentality. I don't think Kawhi will go to the Lakers. I don't think so either. But he also. It's intriguing to think about. Wasn't it his agent that came out and said like he wanted to be? He didn't want to be a third option. Or he wanted to be the guy. Someone, someone close to him came out and said that uh, he prefers to be the main option, and the Lakers don't offer that to him. The Clippers do. Uh, the Clippers do. I think, and he would be the king over there. That franchise has been longing for something to hang on to since Blake Griffin and, and Chris Paul and, and Chris Paul, DeAndre Jordan since Lob City, and now they're. They're kind of getting a taste of, really, they're getting the treatment that the Knicks fans have been getting their entire existence. The only difference is they may actually follow through and actually get end up happy in the end. Right. But wouldn't it be such a Clipper thing to swing and miss, to have just two. Just like the Knicks? Just like the Knicks. Just to have two max slots open, to have, you know, have a great free agency class. And, and spend then one of them on Harrison Barnes? Yes. I don't think they'll do, I think they're, I, I think. I have a lot of respect for the Clippers front office with Jerry West yeah. and their ownership with Steve Ballmer. 
But I, so I don't see them going to do like a Harrison Barnes situation. That seems more of a uh, that's a desperation. Move. That's a desperation. That's that's we have to spend money right now. That's like the Timothy Timothy Mozgov type oh. move. And that's another thing with this free agency that there is so much money out here mm-hmm. with the salary cap increase. It is you know the last time we saw this much of an increase was back in sixteen. And that's when you saw all of these contracts get inflated right. and have all of these things that went wrong and have your, you know, Timothy Mozgov, Lou Aldane making just way sure. too much money. Yeah. Salary cap cows. It just and, exactly take up a roster spot. And so that's what worries me about the Lakers because so they've that's been, why I've been known to do that. Well, I'm a, that's a different front office. <laughs> I'm a proponent of them going and getting that max slot. I know injuries and things, you need more than just three guys. But here's here's what I think is going to happen. Do you really think Anthony Davis is going to waive that bonus? I think for the right guy, he definitely could. But here's what I'm afraid could happen with the Lakers. Or with just free agency in general. Because there's so much money out there, all these role players, you know, everyone's saying, you know, go get Patrick Bedler, go get Terrence Ross. Seth Curry. Go get, yeah, guys like that. You know, those guys may be five to eight million dollar guys on the regular market mm-hmm. but in a bloated a lot more money uh salary cap people are going to overpay them they're gonna yeah they're gonna cost you a lot more and so i think we're gonna see patrick beverly go for 12 to 15 million dollars and this guy that a couple years ago was on the minimum so it's just just because he's loud and gets in people's faces i mean he's great i mean he's got's gonna make shots and he's gonna go defend Obviously, one of the best players on the team gonna, yeah he's just gonna get in the head of the most volatile guy on the other team. So I, try to implode them. But he's not a fifteen million dollar NBA no, player. He's not. So that's what I'm afraid is going to happen. Um, let's talk about Kyrie. Uh, Kyrie, man. I I like Kyrie as a player. I think he is getting some of the treatment that LeBron got in Cleveland. I think he had to deal with. He wanted to be the guy, and he kind of gave LeBron. Some pushback in Cleveland, and you know he didn't he didn't like being he didn't like being the son of the group. He didn't like that dynamic. He didn't like LeBron being, you know, a coach or like a father figure on that team. He didn't like that, so he wanted to do it by himself. Realized how hard it was. Now I think he may. I think that is the best fit for LeBron is for Kyrie to go back to LA to LA. Hmm. Interesting. I don't like him in Brooklyn. Because it puts him in the same position that it did in Boston, that he was in in Boston, unless he goes with another superstar. So if Kevin Durant, if if the Brooklyn Nets can fulfill their prophecy and get <laughs> Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, I think it works. If they just get Kyrie a year from now, right? If they just get Kyrie, it's gonna end up he's gonna end up imploding that franchise as well. Well, that's the thing with Kyrie, so. Or just for Brooklyn. So if you look at it, Kyrie's 27 years old. Mm-hmm. And yes, better stat line than D'Angelo, D'Angelo Russell. But D'Angelo's 23. Not even touching his prom yet. There was something about that Nets team, man, that they just, they weren't big name guys, but they got the job done. They were a solid team. They're, it's almost kind of like the Clippers in a way. Yeah. Gritty guys. That they all get their business done. They all knew their role. Exactly. And so it's going to be interesting to see if I think 
I honestly think if they if they miss out on getting the other guy, they should probably let Kyrie go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not saying they'll do that, but honestly, it should probably it would just, work out better for them. And then just retain Russell and you, retain your culture. Exactly, Russell is going to be what it looks like. He's I mean, he's going to be an all star for the next several years. Mm-hmm. You know, especially once he gets in his prime. I don't think we've seen the greatness that Russell will have, and that's coming from a former Russell fan yeah. that didn't love him. In L.A., um, but kind of hate to see him go in another way as well. Um, but that being said, I, I think if the Nick, the Nets go all in on Kyrie, don't get anybody else, I mean, I think D'Lo could most definitely go back to the Lakers. I think that's also, you know, the best, could be the best fit for him as well. I think I think it would be. Fresh start. It's a good story. He, you know, he's he's matured. He's, he's going to come back. He's going to, you know. He's gonna learn under LeBron and Anthony Davis, and it's kind of like the the Lakers sent that their kid off to boarding school, and he comes back to military school, <laughs> and then he's coming back. He served know. his time. He yeah, come back he's and, disciplined. He knows how to be a leader now. He doesn't touch other people's phones. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Nick and Young's not on the team. Magic's Nick Young's gone. No longer on the team. I think it could be a more ideal situation. Magic's back to tweeting, being uh, Captain Obvious of exactly. NBA basketball. But also, it could be a cap more ideal situation for the Lakers. Yeah. I I don't first off, I don't I don't see Anthony Davis waving that money. I would not. You know, the the league now you know, you really don't see many rivalries. Everyone's kind of buddies. Everyone's kind of friends with each other. Right. So, whenever someone gets gets paid or gets a big contract, uh you see all these other NBA players, you know, congratulating them, you know, get get your money and get out kind of kind of thing and I think that same thing goes for Anthony Davis I don't see him I don't see him waving that million what is it like six million five or six million it's four million four million yes yeah, four million. I don't see him waving that for for them to potentially get another player I also don't think I don't think he thinks twice about it I think he he takes the money because that's what it's about now it's and I think he may be confident enough that they can win one without him having to eat $4 million. But, no, he, he's uh, – I disagree. I, I think he's in a spot now. He's got to be in ring-chasing mode. He's with the Lakers. He's where he wanted to go. He's with LeBron. And he's probably going to sign a long-term deal next summer. Why would he not? I know he gave up the Supermax and – in New Orleans, but you know he's—is he getting that money underhanded uh, in Space Jam too? Maybe I saw that. that so I, I think that four million dollars—that's that's gonna be pocket change. By the rule, him. if everything was played fairly, he doesn't accept. He he takes that money, I think. right? But you can't be naive to the fact that there might be some stuff going on where he he could be getting money under the table. LeBron might have four million dollars on his nightstand. He just gives it to him for real. I mean, from that lifetime Nike deal or anything else that the man does. But again, that's why like D'Angelo Russell is so appealing because this could be he could be twenty million twenty million dollar player. They still have cap room with that amount of salary. Um, you know, if they if they were able to add the Wagner and Bonga to the deal once it's finalized uh, July sixth, that clears a little more space for him as well. So even if he took the trade kicker. Uh, they'll still have more maneuverability 
if they don't go for the max guy, go for a guy like D'Angelo Russell. Mm-hmm. Um, Seth Curry. Seth Curry, maybe. I'm a huge fan. If, 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 if Seth Curry ends up going to the Lakers, I think the – I mean – I mean, if this isn't obvious by now, I'm not a fan of the super, of the Max, of them trying to clear up space for the Max. I, I mean, we, Toronto showed us that the best bench in the NBA, along with having a, a guy that can be a superstar, can win you a championship. Toronto had the best bench in the league. They had a lot of really good role players that stepped up when needed. Van Vliet is one of those. No one ever thought he was going to be like he was going to be the guy he is now. You know, Danny Green's a proven, a seasoned veteran who has championship experience. He more than likely could leave as well. Still, yeah, but they proved that you don't have to have all these superstars to win a championship. They didn't have a single lottery pick on that team. Oh yeah, it's and. It's a very, very early 2000s model for how to win a championship. And I love it. I love it. I, I see – I think we're going to start to see more teams focus on raising the bar, raising their average talent to a higher level rather than let's see how much – what kind of superstars we can bring in here. And I, I see teams like that. You know, you see the Clippers. I see the Nets getting better every year with that young core that they have. The Hawks, with the incredible draft that they had. Very true. The Kings, they're all young teams. The Pelicans, too. You know, they, they're, raising the, they're raising the median bar of their talent to be cons- more consistent from top down. Or, like, in, like the Pelicans, I don't necessarily think the Hawks, but I think the Pelicans are more this way. So I feel like some of these teams are just acquiring as many assets as possible. And that way, for sure. they can just, if someone like another Anthony Davis comes, says, is disgruntled and says, I want out of here, they have the assets to go make that deal. Mm-hmm. And they don't do what Boston did and just sit on them. Right. Um, speaking of Boston, I know we talked about that clearing of $32 million in cap. I'm hearing Kimba Walker maybe. A fit for Boston. Yeah, see, Kimba's kind of the you know the ugly stepchild of this group. You know, people are people are consumed with what KD's going to do, what Kyrie's going to do, and you know Kawhi, Clay, all the K's. And people forget about Kimba Walker. You know, he's he carried that team, you know, down there in Charlotte, and has done a great job. Been an All Star, kind of an unsung hero mm-hmm. of sorts within the NBA. I think. You know, I I respect Kimba and Kyrie's game. They kind of play similarly. For sure. They, I think the Celtics would be maybe not the best fit for him, but for them, he's the best fit for them. So it would be, it would be more beneficial to the Celtics to have Kimba Walker. But I think Kimba Walker would do better in a, in a place like LA. I think it'd be better for him to be in L.A. See, I, I think I disagree based on the fact that Kimball Walker has been the man in Charlotte. He has been, well, who's going to have the ball down the stretch in the close game in Charlotte? It's going to be Kimball Walker. Mm. And so I think he fits well into that Celtic system where, you know, we'll, we'll see where Gordon Hayward's well, at. Well, I don't know because that, that was kind of the, the struggle that 
eventually forced Kyrie out was whenever Kyrie was hurt, the closers were Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. So then when Kyrie came back and it came time to close, well, who do you give the ball to without, you know, taking anybody off or, you know, without just downplaying somebody's ego? You, I think, I think Kimba's a lot more level-headed than Kyrie. Oh, I think he's a, I think he's a much better leader. Yeah, he's a better locker room presence. And I just mean for Kimba, you know, if to go to like, if he went to an LA or something, he automatically becomes a third option. Even if he went to Dallas, I know there's been rumors for him to go to Dallas. Yeah, they are getting a meeting. You know, he he may be the third option in Dallas, which I think would be good for him. I, I think it's, it's good career wise. Do I think it's for his play style? I don't know. I see him being more malleable as a player than Kyrie. I think he would be better fit. Also, I think I don't think Kyrie is fit for a first to be a first option. But I think Kimba would be better uh, a better receiver of that role than Kyrie would be, especially now. You see, you know, he's been the guy in Charlotte. They haven't done anything. They've been perennially average the bad thing is he's about to turn 30 years old this season so so we're saying you know he's right in the middle of his prime probably two more years of of greatness of where he's at the peak of his powers and then after that you know he walked into that four-year deal five if you're in charlotte i just don't know if he's that malleable but it'll be interesting to see charlotte's in a really tough spot yeah i'd say they're probably they probably have the most difficult situation in the NBA right now. Because if they don't, if they re-sign Kimba, even if they don't give him the two hundred million, two twenty, if they don't give him the super max, even if they give him, you know, just the regular max, it takes a little bit of a pay cut. That team is horrible. Mm-hmm. A team, I understand if you're a team that's not to keep talking about the Lakers, but in the Lakers scenario, trying to win it all, like they're in win now mode. Paying luxury tax. If you're the Sixers, like paying luxury tax. If you're a team that is going to miss the playoffs, be a nine or ten seed, there is no reason for you to be paying luxury luxury tax. Right. And they'd be paying a lot of luxury tax if he resigns with them. And I, I, if you're Charlotte, I think you let him walk, let him go. Let's let's gut this roster, and let's see where we're at in, in three years. I just think they're in a horrible position. They just have to go, you know. Ground zero, we're back to the drawing board kind of thing. Yeah, it's just tough. They haven't drafted really well. No, they've they kind of they flopped. The, the bad thing, the last time they had they did that was, you know, they didn't get the they didn't get Anthony Davis that year. You know, obviously they were trying for that. They got uh, Michael Kigilchukas. Let me try that again. Kigilchukas. Yeah, thank you. But so they've not had a great look in the draft. They didn't get a great pick this year. They're just in a tough spot. I, yeah, I agree completely. Um, you mentioned Philadelphia. Uh, a lot going on in Philadelphia. Well, yeah, maybe not as much as other places, but you know, we're we're curious to see what happens with Tobias Harris. Um, they just uh, not that this is a big time a take or anything, but they just signed his brother, younger brother, to play on their summer league team. Really? So think that might be a could that be a telltale sign a ploy to get him to stay maybe say you know he'll be a two-way guy you could play with your brother maybe so and get me to stay that'd be cool but you know they're they're we're talking about 
So this summer, Jimmy, Tobias, JJ. Jimmy. Yeah. And, but the bad thing is next summer, they're going to have to pay Ben Simmons. Yeah. Because he's not taking a dollar under the max. No. He's going to take that rookie max. So they're just, it's a lot of money to be a team. They that, are not in the spotlight right now, but they will be soon. Especially if they decide to keep Tobias Harris around. They're going to have some questions to answer. They may have to, I mean, they're going to have to let some people go. Well, I think they're in a situation where they gave up so much for Tobias Harris. I think they gave it more for Tobias than Jimmy. And, and just the simple fact that, wow, we can't let this guy walk when we gave up so much for him. So I think, I'm I'm guessing they retain Tobias. Jimmy, I don't know. I think it's pretty up in the air. I heard he's going to Houston. <sighs> On the sign and trade? We'll, we'll see about that. I heard he's going to Houston. That, Dropping the, probably the the craziest dude in the NBA, the the biggest personality in the NBA. Yeah, apparently Daryl Morey is thinking, we already have tons of explosives. Let's add more dynamite to this yeah, situation. Yeah, let's just throw let's some just, more TNT in there. Yeah. Pour gasoline over it. Yeah. But here's the thing. I think it's I think it could work. Really? I really do. Alright, let's hear why. I think I don't know. It's just I just have it's just a gut feeling. I read it and people are freaking out about it. On Twitter, on ESPN, everyone's going nuts. Well, why you have all these problems between Harden and Chris Paul and why add Jimmy You Need Me Butler? on the team I just I think it's one of those things where you know they become like a bad boys 2.0 where they it just works I I don't I don't have any statistical or any like (laughs) anything to kind of prove that because you I don't think you can but I just I like the idea of it the bad thing is so they to make that work they have to trade Capella they have to get his contract out of there even if that's not direct, it won't be to the Sixers. It'll be, have to be a three-team or a separate deal to where someone else takes on his salary and they get a pick back or mm-hmm. another player, lesser salary. But I don't know. I think that becomes a scenario almost to where you were talking about earlier. You know, three guys. It could either. And then there's no one else. They could either. I mean, with that team, they could either take the West or implode. It's true. It's and I'm true. here f- for I'm both. here for the latter. No, I'm here for the latter because I, I, my hate for James Harden runs deep. I think we know, I think, obviously. Yeah, we know. I'm a big, I'm a big Giannis guy. So, um, since this is a preview of free agency, next week the party starts. So yeah, we will be rotting the party. Let's next uh, week. let's take some picks. You know, let's just go down the list of you know some notable free agents and let's let's just take some picks. Final destinations. Uh, let's see, you know, who and where and why, and you just kind of go down the list. And I think to preface as well, we have not discussed these picks with one another. No, this is the first time we've heard these from each other. They could be exactly the same. If they are, then we'll just claim it as the reserves free agency picks for summer of 2019. So, um, to start. The man himself, Kevin Durant. Where do you think Kevin Durant's going to end up? This, this is a hard one. I, I've gone back and forth on this one. Yeah, I'm pretty solid on mine. Really? I'm pretty set, yeah. Since he's already declined his option. And my original 
pick was to say he's going to take his option and sit and then sign somewhere next summer. But he's already decided to decline his option. So it changed my pick, but I'm pretty certain. I'm thinking he may go to the Nets. You know, I'm thinking the same thing. I, I say the Nets. And that kind of makes the next one a lot easier. A lot easier. Kyrie Irving. Yeah, I think I think Kyrie is pretty much locked into the Nets. I think it's he's from that area. I, I think he'll be. I think he'll enjoy it more than Boston. And he'll have his year of trying to be the man. We'll see how that works out for him. Because, I mean, still, you know, they won't have to do pretty much be the same team to switch him and Russell. And it's already proven he's, guys that have been in the playoffs. Yeah, so I, I think. And he won't have to be the number one option if, with Kevin Durant. Once he comes well. back finally. Right. But this next year, I mean, they'll still be a deep playoff team, I think. I think so, too. I would say second round. So, um, uh, Kawhi Leonard. I just have a gut feeling that he's going to stay. Oh, you think he's going to stay? I do. I know everyone's saying he's he's leaving. And, of course, obviously if he leaves, I hope he goes to the Lakers. Well, yeah. But I, I, think, I think he's going to stay. I think it's hard to walk away from that team. You know, he's been sided around Toronto a lot more. I just think... We'll see. Even it may not even be the ma- the the, the long term deal. It may be a one and one. Mm-hmm. I, that's my prediction. But you think he plays in Toronto next season? I think he's in Toronto next season. We'll see. I disagree with you. I think he goes to LA. I think he goes to LA. Clippers or Lakers? I think he goes to the Clippers. Okay. I think he goes to the Clippers. I don't think he wants to go to L- to the Lakers. And as much as he loves Toronto, Boardman gets paid. Boardman gets paid. So he's going to go, he's going to get money, and he's going to go to L.A. where he wants to be. He's going to get out of Canada, go to L.A., and he's going to become the enemy of the state against the Lakers. And oh, he, he's going to ruin, I think I think he's really going to ruin that team. We'll see. I, I think he's going to be a problem. I think it's going to be one of the situations where the two best teams in the league could both be in Los Angeles. Yeah. The locker room series. Came out. I'm so excited for it. I hope I'm right. I hope he doesn't stay in Toronto because that's boring, first off. I understand. But, uh, so yeah, so I think he goes to the Clippers. But I think, I mean, the East is still, if he stays in Toronto, the East is still wide open. I mean, especially with the if Bucks. They, if he leaves, Milwaukee owns the East. If they retain people, everybody. I think if, if they don't retain everybody, I think if Kawhi leaves, regardless, I think they own the East. See, I think if they don't retain everybody, I think the 76ers could be the team to be in the East now. Just because, unless Boston gets, uh, I think unless Boston gets Kemba Walker, I don't know. I still don't think that team's better or than. Or if they get Brogdon the and Kemba, we'll see. Uh, we'll see though. Um, Clay Thompson, he's staying. You think so? I think so. I think he stays as well. Um. Uh, I, and, I saw a report come out. Um, I think he was one of their GMs or one of their uh, one of the guys in the front office over there, at Golden State. They their plan is to keep Clay and Steph together for their entire careers. I think those are their top two priorities. I don't think a Kevin Durant is a priority in Golden State. They drafted both Clay and Steph. They're the two best shooters in NBA history. I think you keep those two together. And build around them their entire career. I agree. If you're smart, there's still not then still several years left in the tank. 
Yeah, for for some I think couple they runs. Win, I think they win more championships. We'll see about that. Harrison Barnes reunion. I mean, <laughs> no, just kidding. I don't want to talk about Harrison. Um, all right, so Kimball Walker. Kimball Walker. Go ahead. This one's tough for me. I honestly want to see him in Dallas. I think it's a cool situation. I don't know if he's going to go to Dallas. I know they set a meeting with him. I just think it'd be, would be cool. I think, I think the yeah, idea of two, of hands. yeah, you got two uh, ball handlers. Luca had so much pressure last year to handle the ball at all times. I think if you give up some really some of that pressure, P for the majority of the year too. Oh yeah, because I mean he didn't play. He had the ACL injury and everything. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I, I think Kimba, uh, KP, and Luca they are going to offer KP the match. Yeah. But I think from what I've from the from tweets I've read and from listening to the Bill Simmons podcast today, it sounds like it sounds like Dallas is confident that they have a shot at him. So that's my pick. What about you? I think they go I think he goes to Boston. Okay. I think he I think he sees the opportunity to take a better roster with the same situation that he has in Charlotte. With better talent. Oh yeah. Like Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Rozier, if he stays, if they keep him. But they immediately, they obviously have a better roster. Oh, no question. And with solid leadership and an all-star point guard, they could be right back in the playoff mix. They could be right there playing for the conference championship. I think. Yeah, yeah. That, that's my second pick. I just kind of want to see him go to Dallas. Yeah. So um, here it kind of gets a little off the path. Let's talk about a couple of Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, Chris Middleton. I I want to go on, you know, I guess go on record is the right <laughs> term for that. And I want to go on record and say, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks are set to, they have to make a decision. They've got to choose between Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton, and Malcolm Brogdon. Well, they have to? I think they can keep all three. I mean. I think it's possible. But they, have, they do have to prepare to pay Giannis. Right, but they can go into luxury tax at that point. I, don't, I just don't see them keeping all three. I definitely see Brooke Lopez leaving. Yeah, I think he's going. I don't think they're going to be able to keep him, which is a really big blow. It is. But if you know if Giannis is the Superman that everyone makes him out to be, he'll work on his three-point shot, and he's going to come back, and he's going to be, and he's going to be an alien next year. And he's going to be unguardable. So that. Brooke Lopez is the one that I'm most comfortable with losing when it comes with when it comes to Milwaukee. Chris Middleton's the one that I would honestly like to keep the most out of those three. He's an all star. He does have the most leverage out of probably any player in this. Yeah. He's easily the worst all star that we had this year. And just the fact that he made the team gives him you have so much leverage to get more money. Oh, I think I think Middleton will get the max, and I and I I think it's I don't think it's right. I don't either, but I, I think, think he'll have, does that. But I think I think Milwaukee's going to give it to him. He's going to get stuck. But I think they're going to give it to him. I mean, Middleton's a great three and D player. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously a great second option. And he to, played to Giannis pretty well in the playoffs. He played very well in the playoffs. So I, I think. You know, you think he stays in the? Water? I think he stays. Here's where I, I think Brogdon could def, most definitely leave. 
so that that's the interesting thing where the Celtics are linked to Brogdon. Um, he was such an intricate part of what they were doing in the playoffs as well. But, you know, the Celtics could possibly go after Brogdon if they didn't get a Kimba. Mm-hmm. I think it's very likely that he could be a Celtic. I mean, Brogdon? Yeah. I agree with you on both. I think they keep Chris Middleton. I think regardless of, you know, if they had to choose between Middleton and Brogdon, regardless of what they pick, they're going to be criticized for it. Because there's definitely you know, pros and cons to each guy. Uh, I think Brogdon is a great fit in Boston. I think he he took on, you know, he, he missed quite a bit. Of, I mean, he missed, you know, some time last mm-hmm. season, uh, you know, here and there. And, but whenever he was in the game, he there were times that he looked like the best player on the court. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's arguably their second best player on the, yeah. during the playoffs. And he's young, and he, you know, he's shooting lights out. He, he's a great locker room guy. Everyone loves him. So, but I, I think he's, he might just – his price might be too much for Milwaukee at that point. Yeah, I agree. Um, we already said Lopez probably out somewhere. What about – What do we, you think about Lopez, though? You think he goes back to L.A.? I think – because he's not going to be for the if the price is right, right. He can go back to L.A. So if they start doing the role player mentality, um, you know he could be a ten million dollar, twelve million dollar player. You know I think he's on a three million dollar contract right now. He's, he's definitely going to get a pay raise for sure. The, I don't see him going back to L.A. I think there's kind of some resentment. Where do you think he goes? That's a hard one. Take a stab. I would like to see Lopez go to the Kings. You know, now that Cauley Stein wants out, Harrison Barnes won't be there. They'll have a little bit of cap flexibility. I think it'd be interesting to see him on the Kings. See, I see him going to the Lakers. I see him going back. New for me. Magic's not there anymore. That's true. It's it's a different face of the team. And I think he I think he goes back to LA and you know, they fill out the rest of that roster. Um Jimmy Butler. You first. That there's a lot with that one. I'm going with Houston. I think they go all in. I, th- I think they go all in on the, you know, the bad boys. The you know that kind of vibe. We're just gonna just throw all these guys in a ring and see what happens. I go in on Houston, although it's probably the most destructive decision. Oh, and it could really backfire, or but there's a slight chance that it might work. Because they could be so intimidating on the court that you know they may actually find a way to make it work. I think it'd be very interesting. I think it would definitely. You know, he's a great defensive player. Take some pressure off of Chris Paul and James Harden to play defense. Because not that they play defense anyway. No. But now they really won't have to. Yeah. So we'll see. I don't know. I think they just have to give up too much to do it. And maybe it's just me not liking the Rockets. That just that wants to see Jimmy. Butler. <laughs> you just want to see them plummet. Maybe, maybe I just want to see them burn. I might. I think I like Jimmy Butler too much. Just did that to him. I'm willing to sacrifice Jimmy Butler. <laughs> Sacrificial lamb Jimmy to Butler. to Houston, so I won't ever have to watch them flop. Again. So you think he goes to Houston? I would love for him to go to Houston. So that's my pick. This is a hard one for me because I think he's one of those players where it depends how the dominoes fall. Yeah, he definitely. Because so does he? 
if there's you know if there's not a team up of Kawhi and Clay in L.A., does he go to the Clippers? Or if Kevin Durant stays in Golden State, do him and Kyrie go to the Nets? Or does he off the wall go with Vucevic to the Knicks? That's a very Knicks thing to do. Okay, so we haven't mentioned the Knicks. Are the Knicks going to swing and miss? I think so. On everybody like they do? No, I don't know about everybody. I think be careful with that. You think they end up with Harrison Barnes? He's kind of like the, the, the thing nobody wants. Harrison Barnes. I wish he used to be great in a month. Well, yeah. But on that Warriors team. But. The system. We'll, we'll see. I don't know. Dude, I think the Knicks should fantastic. almost be content to just. I don't know. Actually, you know what? I'm going to change my answer. I want, I'm, I'm going to put Jimmy Butler in New York. In the Knicks? I think I so. I think it could happen. I think that's who they get this year, and then I think next year they, you know, something may happen. They may end up with somebody else. I think Jimmy Butler. I think they give Jimmy Butler a team again, and let him run the show. I get in Chicago, really, and see how that happens. Him and RJ. I think it's awesome. It could be interesting. I think that's a good pair. Yeah. All right. What about? So your who was your pick for? What was your pick for Jimmy Butler? I think he. I think he may just stay. I think he stays. So we're going Philadelphia. I don't want to see it. I don't really like him on Philadelphia. I think he's too good to be on Philadelphia. But I think it would be fun to have him on a different team. Um, last but not least, unless I'm missing somebody, D'Angelo Russell. I think he goes to LA. I think he's absolutely a Laker. I think he's a Laker. I think he's almost a lock. Is that weird that I think he's a lock? No, because you're a fan. I'm a fan, but there's just so much... I feel like the rumor, it's just like a snowball, and it just keeps rolling. And I, I don't think the Lakers are going to get Kawhi. I don't think they're going to get Kyrie. And I think because of the salary, the way it works, especially once the Nets have to renounce him to go get um, Kyrie and maybe a Kevin Durant, maybe a Jimmy Butler, I think he'll end up being a Laker. You know, I, I saw this interesting thing, too. Minnesota really thinks they have a shot at him if they could do a signing trade for Wiggins, but I, I just don't see why would – why would the Nets do that? I I just don't. I think if you're the Nets, you have to go all in on Kevin Durant and Kyrie. I mean, stuff we've already mentioned, you know. You don't need another Darren Williams situation. You don't. So. Or Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, and yeah, all that. Don't get me started. All that jazz. So, those are our picks. Yeah, this is sorry, the, the last conversation we will have heading into – Free agency next week. Things are definitely going to change. Whenever this is posted, things may not be consistent. Whatever. We'll, we'll catch you back next week uh, on the reserves. Um, anything you have to add? Last last take. Last anything. Los Angeles Lakers are going to win the NBA championship. Okay. We're cutting that out. <laughs> this has been the reserves. We're out.